0: The Fanboy, Episode 88 Hi everybody, Mario Francisco Robles, MFR here with you, and this is episode 88 of the Fanboy Podcast. How's everybody doing out there? It has certainly been quite a week hasn't it? And uh, we're going to get to all that in just a second. But as usual, I'm going to open up this week's episode with a little bit of housekeeping because I did get a couple more five-star reviews. And as always, I want to show my proper gratitude for those of you who took the time to share your your word of mouth to help keep keep the show growing and all that good stuff. So I'm going to start off with these reviews. I have an announcement to make. And then we're going to dive right on into what I know you all want to talk about, and that is Batman and Army Hammer and the story I dropped on Monday and all of the the fallout from that, so to speak. But, uh, all right, so the two new reviews that came in, one comes from Apple user Eric Zeb 1982. How you doing, Eric? I know exactly who you are. Uh, Eric wrote, love this podcast. He put five stars. He wrote, I have been following this podcast for almost a year now. I also follow Mario on Twitter. The reason I enjoy the Fanboy podcast is because how personable and story-driven his podcast is. He comes at DC movies and topics in a more personal way. It comes off as so authentic and genuine. Keep up the great work with the Fanboy podcast. Thank you, Eric. I plan on doing just that because, folks, I ain't going anywhere. Despite what some people would like to have you think. Uh, the other five-star review came from Apple user Desperado underscore Red. Desperado wrote top-shelf content, five stars. As a DC Comics fan, and more specifically a Superman and Batman nerd, I mean, really, who isn't there? Uh, there really no other outlet to listen to. Honest, credible, raw, and full of integrity, the Fanboy Podcast is an excellent resource to feed your superhero nerdisms. Give him a listen, Thank you, Desperado. Much appreciated. Uh, The other bit of housekeeping that we have to tend to is that our next Revenger watch party is coming up in just a few weeks' time. Uh, There's only a couple of spots left, so I want you all to know that we're going to be seeing Captain Marvel on opening night at the AMC Empire Twenty Five which is on 42nd Street right there in Times Square of Manhattan. We're gonna be catching the 915 showing there at the AMC Empire 25. Uh, I've already purchased most of a row. We've got a couple of tickets left If you're interested in joining us for that 9.15 showing, let me know. Email me at mfr at revengeofthefans.com. We're probably going to be meeting up at about 7 o'clock prior to that to grab a bite before the movie. And then afterward, we'll kind of find a place. We'll sit down. We'll have a little postmortem. It'll be myself. It'll be members of the Fanboy Garage, members of the Play It Loud cast, member of the Revengers podcast. That's right. Brett and Vanessa and Aaron and Chris and Jeremy Scully and all kinds of good people are coming we already have a bunch of great listeners and hardcore supporters here in the new york area who are going to join us and if you'd like to join us as well again just drop me an email at mfr at revenge of the you can get a couple of the remaining tickets that are left they're 20 bucks a pop pretty cheap to see that movie on opening night surrounded by the revenge of the fans crew right here in new york and uh, we can make a whole communal experience out of it and i always thoroughly enjoy our revenge or watch parties but now It is time to address the bat in the room, because on Monday, I went for it. On Monday, I was given the go-ahead to publish a big story by a source of mine who has been proven correct several times in the past. I could sit here right now and run down all the different bits of intel I've shared that have all come to pass, have all been confirmed, that came from this source, and the source has notified me that Army Hammer is indeed in the deal-making stage of becoming the next Batman. Now, of course, I published that on Monday, and right off the bat, there were some denials, some debunkings, a couple other reporters came out, Army himself addressed it the next day, which, by the way, is crazy. The, 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 the subplot to all of this that we're going to talk about now, by the way, is it's mind-blowing the, what can happen with something I just write here into this computer that I'm speaking at right now. You know, here I am sitting at my iMac, which, by the way, you guys helped me get. Thank you, Lawrence Kaufman and everyone else who participated in the GoFundMe that I put for some new computer, for a new computer, I should say. It's amazing that I sat here at this very computer where I'm recording this podcast right now. I wrote a story at about 6 p.m. on Monday, and by the next day, it was around the world. It was a worldwide trend. Army Hammer's name is everywhere. I'm sure his PR team would love to drop me a line. Hey, guys, uh, drop me a line at MFR at revengeofthefans.com. Just like 1%, 2% of whatever comes from his raised profile. Please just uh, throw it my way. I could use it. Uh, or visit patreon.com slash revengeofthefans. I kid. But it's crazy that he he responded to it. It was one of the top trends on Twitter. This story is just, you know, it's... This is one of the reasons why this story was so important and why I went for it and why I swung for the fences, and it's because we're talking Batman here. Finding out who's going to be the new Batman for a generation, that is a holy grail story right there, and very few people in in my position on Monday would have done differently than I did, and I'm still standing by my story, by the way. But now let me kind of give you the full sort of the full story behind it, okay? Some of this will be known to those of you who are, who are patrons to Revenge of the Fans, those of you who over the weekend started catching some of my teases and all that sort of stuff. But to those of you who are not one of our patrons, Monday's report might have come out of nowhere. So let's kind of recap, all right? First of all, for the last couple of weeks. I have been hearing from sources I trust, from people who've been right before, that Army Hammer is very much the person being spoken of behind the scenes as the guy who is, like, expected to be the next Batman. And that's just been for the last couple of weeks. It's just this sort of... There's this sense that he's the guy. He's the guy. And then on Friday... I put up uh, episode 87 of this here show, and I was preparing to go out for the weekend, and I had a bachelor party to attend that I'd organized, and I kind of thought that'd be the end of it. But then I got a notification before my crazy weekend began that things with Hammer had escalated, that no longer was he just someone who was on an internal list as some sort of front runner, as someone who the studio would like to get. But rather that they're actually in the process of working out the deal now. That's what I was told on Friday. At the time, I was asked to sit on that. I was asked, listen, if you you know, if you want to mention anything about this, just you know you can mention that he's a front runner, but don't mention the deal stuff quite just yet. Let's let let's circle back to that after the weekend. So I sat on it. And over for my patrons on Patreon, I went ahead and mentioned that things with Hammer had started to kind of percolate in another direction. In a direction that was much more official, much more just rather than a vague, you know, wish list type of thing for Hammer. Hammer, It's actually they're in the deal making stage. So then now I'm sitting on this all weekend and it's in the back of my mind. And I'm even talking to the guys at the bachelor party with me who are all like, why do you seem preoccupied? And I'm like, I think I'm sitting on the biggest story that I've ever had the privilege of being in on the loop on. you know." And, and part of that is because you got to remember, I got started at Latino Review and Latino Review was, a you know for a, for a while there, a very sort of reputable scoop sort of fan blog. And what put Latino Review on the map, what made it the entity that it would become, was one primary scoop. And that was back in like 2004, when Latino Review exclusively revealed to the world that Brandon Routh would be your new Superman, that he'd be the star of Superman Returns. That scoop really pushed Latina review to a whole other level. So now put yourself in my shoes. I am the editor-in-chief of this up-and-coming website, revengeofthefans.com, and someone I trust who has been right time and time again has informed me that, hey, this person looks like they're about to sign the deal to be the next Batman. Sit tight, though. So I'm sitting there on this potentially huge story, a story that could be a game changer for the site, for myself, for everything. This could set the tone for years and years here. If I could get this right, if I could be the one who grabs this and not Variety and not Hollywood Reporter and not The rap, and not Deadline, this would instantly be an absolute game changer. And maybe instead of recording here where I'm wearing, you know, a shirt and tie And pajama pants, because, you know, you can't see my legs. I'm just kidding. I'm wearing pants. Anyway, um, you know, it could be a game changer. Maybe instead of recording here, I could be recording in a studio one day. Obviously, you can't do that on just one story. But it felt like this could be the story that really puts us on the map, that changes things. So I sat on it all weekend. I hemmed and hawed about should I tease anything further because it does seem to be much farther along, but no, source said just leave it at Front Runner. I'm going to leave it at Front Runner. Then Monday comes, and Monday comes. It's a regular day at the office. We run our stories. We're getting ready. I'm out and about doing stuff with family. Then I suddenly get a notification at around 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon that, hey, listen, from the same source that told me to hold things on Friday. They told me, listen, right now things are moving and this story about Hammer and his impending signing is starting to get out. So if you want to run this, if you want this to be your story, now is the time to do it. So now, you know, I felt like Roy Scheider in the Jaws movie where like, I'm there and everything behind me is zooming, my mind is reeling, is this a real thing? Am I about to break the Batman scoop? And at the time I was actually in Manhattan, I was dropping off my mom and my abuela, we were having one of our weekly familial visits, and I dropped them off in the Upper West Side and I'm driving back home to Queens and my mind is racing. How do I write it? How do I approach it? How much do I really commit to it? Should I downplay it? Should I what? You know, this is a big, big deal. This is a huge, huge story. And finally, I got home at about 5.15 and I just, I, I barricaded myself in my bedroom. I took out my laptop and I wrote the story that I was hoping would be the one that changes everything. You know, because listen, I was at a fork in the road. You know, sometimes in life, big opportunities present themselves out of nowhere. And the difference between making it or breaking it is whether or not you rise to the occasion. And this was my opportunity now to rise to the occasion. You know, because aside from the source, I'd spoken to two, to two other people during the weekend just to try to see if, you know, is this on crack? Is, is what I heard on Friday completely far-fetched? So I reached out to another secondary source, someone who works more on the design end of things. And they also said, oh, yeah, dude, something's about to happen there. This thing is about to, the lid's about to get blowed off this. So, you know, this is legit. Then I reached out to another person. Who asked, who also has inside access and is a colleague of mine who also knows their stuff when it comes to these kinds of stories. And they also said, oh, yeah, this, this," you know, at this point, it's starting to become like an open secret that basically the ball's in his court. If he wants it, it's his. If he can commit to the amount of movies on the deal, if he can come out, commit to the amount of years and everything that's going to be, in, you know, everything that goes into becoming the generation's Batman, um, it's his. So here I am with three different sets of voices. Here I am basically having a studio source who's been right before telling me all systems are a go. So I just went for it. And. You know, it's not awesome that people started to to deny things right after. That's obviously not the best case scenario. You know, best case scenario, which is what I was secretly hoping for, as much of a long shot as it was. But the best case scenario was I publish it. And since it's about to be finalized anyway... Because remember, I didn't say it was finalized. I said that they're in final talks, but that he has yet to sign on the dotted line and that barring any setbacks, he will be Batman. But, you know, I did mention that it's not official yet. But considering it seems like it's about to happen, my best case scenario would then be that the studio goes, all right, well, you know what? We weren't going to tell you just yet, but the bat's out of the bag. Army hammers your new Batman. You know, that would have been my best case scenario. That's what I wanted. That's what I was hoping for. Because I listen, I I was actually believe it or not, I was influenced by something that happened the week prior. Because the week prior, there was another one of these kind of open secret things. And it ended up blowing up in their in, in their face. But, you know, that thing about Ryan Johnson, the thing about Ryan Johnson leaving Star Wars, you know, I'd heard that too. And it had been going around for a couple days and everyone's saying, hey, don't tell anyone. But we heard this. Don't tell anyone. And of course, though, I know how this stuff works. When enough reporters start hearing these open secret type deals, somebody is going to jump at it and somebody is going to break that story. And last week. So, you know, a site decided to run that Ryan Johnson rumor and it ended up causing them a huge headache because then he himself came on two hours later and debunked it, and that really kind of killed the story right there and made them look pretty bad. So now I'm thinking, you know, with my source in my ear saying, listen, it's starting to get out and the open secret is starting to grow. And here I am thinking, this is going to be the story that changes everything for Revenge of the Fans and for me, I gotta jump on this. So I put the story out, we get those initial denials, we get the debunkings from other reporters, and basically, here we are, right? It's been several days, and as of now, it doesn't look like my report holds any water. Nobody with any real official insight on the situation has come out in favor of it. So right now, I'm kind of on an island by myself. But you know what? It's okay. Because I stand by my story. I trust my source. I trust the other people I spoke to in verifying this information. And something to remember is that, I'm actually actually not sure if I've mentioned this yet, but something to know is that when I was told even on Friday that they seem to be just hammering out the details now and now it's all just a matter of inevitability they didn't caution me that an an official announcement wouldn't come for over a month they said a month or so so we're kind of in this weird holding pattern now because it could very well have happened by now it doesn't matter that army hammer said no i could i could run down a laundry list of actors who've had roles who've had to lie flat to people's faces about their status in that role. You know, you look at Jason Momoa, you look at Paul Rudd, you look at Ben Affleck and all the different times he's spoken out of both sides of his mouth because he was not allowed to reveal certain things yet. You know, denials from actors and their camps are par for the course. Debunkings from other big writers and reporters who didn't hear it are par for the course. So right now, unfortunately, we're in this sort of holding pattern. You know, because my theory, by the way, is that what they originally wanted to do, and they may still very well end up doing, is they want to announce the Batman casting somewhere around when Shazam comes out. Because if you look at the timeline of things, right now we're towards the end of February, and I've got this source saying that they wanted to do it a month or so, you know, it would take at least a month for this story to come out through traditional means. So that tells me they want to capitalize on Shazam. Shazam comes out April 5th. And right now, the buzz around that film continues to be pretty wonderful. And they're very, right now, the mood is very optimistic about Shazam. And they're anticipating a, a, an opportunity to be riding high again, just like they were doing with Aquaman in December, where everything's all high fives because they just launched this DC film that's doing incredible business and making the fans incredibly happy. And I think they think it's going to happen again with Shazam. So they what they want to do is, like, ride that wave. You know, here's another hit movie, and here's your new Batman, ladies and gentlemen. Can you make it part of this wave to kind of really continue to keep the momentum going where people are talking about DC, you know? So that's my theory. So it's going to take a little while for us to see whether or not this all, you know, happened whether or not my source was given faulty information and I ran a story that ended up being, you know, inaccurate. You know, but the good news is that even if it does end up being that I'm 100% wrong, that my source got bamboozled and that my source was given faulty information for one reason or another, if any of this ends up being the case where Army Hammer's not Batman and this entire thing was wrong, I will do what I've done before. I will own it, I will apologize, I will clarify anything that needs clarification, but at the end of the day, I will move on. Because lots of reporters have gotten things wrong. Lots of reporters have gone on, you know, put their names attached to certain stories that they ended up having to eat those words afterward. And I'm not just talking from blog sites like mine, on the contrary, I'm talking to people from Variety, and The Hollywood Reporter, and The Rap, and all of these more industry, trade type of publications. They've gotten things so wrong in the past that it's ignited controversies. It's created fights with the directors of these projects. Some of these people have had their scoops and stories blow up dramatically in their face. And if that happens to me, it'll suck. But I'll deal with it. And it's not the end of the world. Because that's something that a lot of people, you know, that that was one of the harder things for me to deal with these last couple of days it's not the uncertainty of when is someone up on high gonna finally confirm my story but it was people filling my head with all this fear and all of this like well you better hope this is true because if it isn't your career is over and you'll have to shut down your site like people have like taken it to this level and i feel like it comes from a place of you know, uh, caution. It comes from a place of support. They're trying to warn me like, dude, this could go really bad. I hope it works out for you. But for those of you who are very much scared for my status as a commentator, reporter of all these kinds of things, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy Revenge of the Fans and my columns and my stories, as it, <laughs> I ain't going anywhere. If you're worried about this Batman scoop sinking me, you got another thing coming. I'm I I ain't going away anytime soon and I'm going to continue to do what I've been doing and you know maybe I'll be more cautious if need be maybe I you know, this will this will just be part of my education as a reporter but remember at the end of the day this isn't even my career I do this as a hobby this is something I love to do Yes, I'd love, I want the site to make more money. That's why we have the Patreon going. That's why we're trying to figure out how to bring up the ad revenue. But at the end of the day, this is something that I do because I love doing it. You know, this podcast is basically my inner monologue. That's what the Fanboy podcast is. This, These are the things that I think about and obsess about all day. And I'm thinking about them nonstop, whether or not anyone cares that I'm thinking them. And sometimes when I'm home alone and the kids are at school and my wife's at work, I even like talk to myself sometimes. I'm doing my own fanboy podcast when I'm doing the dishes, just reacting to something crazy. So this show is part of me. And these things that I write and comment on, they come from my heart. They come from my mind. And I'm just happy to share them with anyone who cares to hear them. But at the end of the day, if, you know, if this goes south, It is what it is, it's not ending anything. It didn't end anyone else's career when they got a story wrong. It's certainly not gonna end my career when I'm mainly doing this out of love for the game, out of love for what I'm doing. And remember, folks, when we're looking back on this backlash, and one day when we're looking back on the way people have come to try to spank me for this story and shame me in my sight for this story, you gotta understand, They didn't want me to get this story. And I'm not just talking personally. There's not some conspiracy against me personally. But, you know, Warner Brothers, the trades, the publicists involved. No one wants a story of this nature to come from RevengeOfTheFans.com or some sort of low-level fan site that's only been around a year that very few people have heard of. I'm not meant to have access to this stuff. You know, remember, look where I am. I'm here in my apartment. I'm just some guy at home who does this for fun on the side. So when this came from me, of course there'd be a strong and swift backlash against it because nobody wants this kind of stuff coming from me. This is not the way it's supposed to go. The way it's supposed to go is... They, may, they finish their deal. They find their strategic time when they're going to announce the deal. They put together their nice little press release with quotes from the actor and the director and the studio head about how exciting this all is. They put it in a nice little package, and then they contact the trade whom they want to break the story through, whether it be Variety, whether it be The Hollywood Reporter. You know, they want to be able to create this nice little package as part of their promotional campaign, and they want to hand that to someone like that. They don't want some schmuck in Queens breaking the biggest casting of the biggest movie that they're working on. That's not how this is supposed to go. So you have to remember that also, with some of the way that this has come back towards me, and some of the nastiness. It comes from who, you know, people are probably wondering, who does this guy think he is? Who do I think I am? I don't know. All I know is I saw an opportunity that I trusted on Monday to shoot for the stars, swing for the fences, and potentially change not only my life, but the life of everyone who's contributed all of their time and energy into this Revenge of the Fans initiative with the site and all the podcasts and everything else. I saw an opportunity to bring everything to a whole other level, and I went for it. And I have no regrets about that. Um, And, you know... With hindsight being twenty 2020, if I were to change anything about this week is I might have just purposefully downplayed what I'd been told rather than mention the deal and how close it was and how imminent it was and how final it all seemed to be, maybe I should have just stuck with the front runner angle. you know maybe I you know if I was being more conservative, I could have just written a report saying that Army Hammer is now the odds-on favorite, the internal, you know, expected front-runner. This is the person who everyone thinks will be Batman. And, you know, a deal seems to be on the horizon. You know, maybe I, I could have gone at it that way. But to me, that felt like, it felt like just selling it way too short. You know, that's not what I was told. I was told it's basically a done deal. It's going to happen pretty much any minute now. And people are starting to hear about it. There was all this urgency put on me. So I, did, I made the best possible decision that I could make at that moment, and I stand by it. But in hindsight, I probably could have played things more conservatively and just left it at the fact that he's a frontrunner. But it is what it is. I stand by my story. It's going to take probably over a month or so for us to get some final clarity on this when they do announce whoever the new Batman ends up being. And for the time being, what I really have to do, more than anything, is thank those of you who stuck your neck out for me, because that really has been, to me, one of the most beautiful elements of this week. Because listen, it hasn't been, a, it hasn't been an easy week. I can't lie and act like my skin is so thick that all of these things, all of this hatred, all of this animosity that's been thrown my way, I'd be lying if I acted like, oh, it doesn't bother me. No, it bothers me, and I've had a lot of emotional moments this week. Kind of questioning everything and looking at everything, and 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 just, you know, wondering why do I bother? Why do I put myself under all this scrutiny? Why did I paint this big bullseye on my head on Monday if I couldn't stand the heat? You know, it's it's been tough. It it it's been a really difficult week to kind of dig deep and make peace with everything, with everything that's gone on since Monday night when I published that report. But the one thing that's gotten me through that is your incredible support. Because it's really, it's amazing to me. I've seen how many of you have gone on to defend me against people who've, who've attacked me, who've gone on to Reddit, who've gone on to Twitter, who've gone on to Facebook, who've gone wherever it is that you like to go to talk about geek stuff, to tell people to take it easy on me. Because at the end of the day, you guys know, I don't gain anything by inventing a story. You know, I don't gain anything by publishing something that's patently false, that's just going to ruin my credibility, that's just going to destroy my site. You know that if I did this, it's because I believed it in my heart and in my soul. Because what what would be the point of me publishing this if it was fake, if I just... Invented it in my own head and I just wanted to get some clicks. Listen, I've told you guys this before. This whole click thing is kind of BS. This whole thing where people talk about, oh, you're just doing it for clicks. Clicks don't make that much money. Clicks, you know, I, I, I'll never forget when I wrote a story in, at the beginning of 2017 that I knew had gotten thousands upon thousands of clicks for Latino review. And in our weekly conference call with the owners, I asked them, all right, so that story did really well. You know, how did that go for us? And they're like, oh, yeah, we made $5 on that one. And it's, you know, it's really amazing. You know, it's like when people talk about the clicks and all this stuff, like, I don't really make much of any money on the clicks generated by any of these articles. You know, all I'm really doing is opening myself up to people you know all i'm really doing is potentially risking end all this if i publish a story that i just invented it's not worth it it would be worth listen if i if i could get 20 grand for publishing a bonus story a bogus story and then just close up the site and run away with my 20 grand eh, maybe i'd consider that <laughs> No, I wouldn't. But you know, if it was some sort of sizable amount of money, I could see that theory holding water. That oh, he just publishes publishes out there to make a quick buck. But there's really no money to be made in this kind of thing. So a story like this, the the, the true benefits would simply just be that more people would pay attention to us. And if what I want is for people to pay attention to us, why would I publish something that I didn't wholeheartedly believe? If I just knew. It was going to get spanked down and belittled and demeaned and there was no redeeming quality to that story. Why would I do it? I would just hurt everyone who relies on me through this site to try to keep it running and to build this baby. I would have just nuked this baby if the story was, you know, somehow manufactured or invented or I found it on Reddit or some of the other weird things people do with the exclusives that they cover, which I'm going to get to in a second. So, you know, I just, these are all things I want everyone to keep in mind. And I want to thank those of you who get that. Because if there's anything I've noticed, is that despite all of this backlash, I haven't lost any followers. A lot of you have still hung on. A lot of you, my hardcores, know the deal with me. And you've stuck by me. And you stand with me still. And you know that if this army hammer thing doesn't pan out, I tried my best and I thought I had the answer and it is what it is. All of you guys know that and that means so much to me because in the past when these kinds of things have happened, you'll see the entity who delivered the bogus information kind of go up in flames and they lose a bunch of followers and their numbers go down like crazy and everything is ruined. But what I've noticed this week is that my people have stuck by my side. And the numbers for the site have remained strong. And my Twitter following is actually moving upward. So it's kind of amazing. And I'm just so appreciative that those of you who get me know that all of this negativity is nonsense. And all these accusations and all of this hostility aimed towards me, is totally unfair. So if you're someone who went out there this week and took any time, even if it was three seconds, to argue with someone about me or to say a kind word about me or to just drop me a DM or an email to check on me because you saw how much hatred I was getting. Thank you so much. That really was like a huge difference maker for me throughout the week. You know, there were lots of times where I was feeling quite low and checking in every once in a while and seeing what you guys were saying about me. This is really just, you know, it's I, I can't quite put into words what your support has meant. So thank you for anyone who kind of, you know put stuck their neck out for me this week. And you guys know me. you know, even throughout all this stuff, this potentially sort of dark, sad, negative stuff going on, I always try to find the the, the positive way of looking at things. And you know, when I look at what's happened this week and when I look at what happened last week with that Ryan Johnson thing, you know, I what I try to see is maybe this will make everything better. Maybe this will force everyone to be more discerning on all ends of things. Yeah, you know, maybe sites will be more discerning about what scoops they cover and what and you know, what they what they choose to publish or where they get their information from maybe intakers of the news people such as yourself the people who listen to these podcasts and read the the columns and scoops on all these fan sites maybe you'll be more discerning about who you trust and who you believe and how you go about intaking your news you know in general you know I've been saying for a couple weeks now let's not forget around three episodes ago I had a whole segment on my concerns about scoop culture and how it's seemingly creating a lot of white noise and a lot of chaos and no one really knows who to trust or where's the information coming from. You know, you, you got people, listen, like I even said about myself, you know, I'm not a journalist. I'm not, you know, I'm just some guy with access. I'm a fan just like you guys who happens to have spent over five years, close to five years covering all this stuff and happens to have access to some cool information. But by and large, you got people running scoops they found on Reddit. You got people finding you running scoops they got from a random email from an anonymous person. You get all kinds of random scoops and like there's so much information out there and it's so hard to sift through it all that a part of me hopes that if there's anything to be gained from the backlash and the hatred that was aimed towards me, or the backlash and the hatred that was aimed at those last week who ran the Ryan Johnson story, maybe it'll force everyone to take a chill pill. And I don't think that would be a bad thing. I don't think they're near, right now you almost get the sense like every two or three days, some site has some big scoop about something. And maybe that's kind of watering down the importance of the news. Maybe it's demystifying these projects that we love so much because now we learn so much about them ahead of time that they're not these awesome mystical things that are coming from these creators who are giving us these gifts. Now it's these things that we've micromanaged and hyperanalyzed for a year and a half so when it comes into theaters, we we don't appreciate it anymore because now we walk in and we're already instantly in our minds an expert on that movie. You know, so in general, maybe things like this will force everyone to settle down a little bit. Maybe there'll be fewer scoops in the weeks and months ahead as people see what happened to me, as people see what happened to that to, to the other site last week or any other sites that were impacted by that Ryan Johnson thing. Hopefully everyone will look at this situation and learn and be better. Hey, you know, a guy can hope right? That's what I do. I I try to do the hopeful, optimistic thing. It's just kind of what I do. But, you know, so if there's any positive in all this, I hope that's it. I hope everyone just becomes a little more discerning and everyone learns to be a little more patient, you know, because sometimes these stories take a while to come out. It takes a while for the truth to be seen. So everyone needs to get better at reserving judgment and not trying to hurt anyone who, you know, it's just, you know, I, I think to me, the one thing I will say, that's a little more on the negative side because I've been trying to talk to you about this experience, you know, more or less from an optimistic vantage point and how I kind of got through it feeling great. But if I'm being honest, the one subset of all this that does upset me, the people who do bother me, who, who you know, they're the ones who I look at and I go, ooh, I cannot wait to be vindicated are from like my peers, people who are more or less on my level, people who work for other blog sites, for other you know, com, you know competitors on my level. Listen, the guys up at the trades, I don't have a beef with them. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I'm not mad at anyone who works for Hollywood Reporter or Variety or The Rap. Listen, they got to do what they got to do. They've had their own mistakes in the past. It's fine. I No hard feelings. But if you're someone on my level, If you're a colleague of mine who runs a fanboy blog, who runs the same kinds of stories I run and is just trying to do the same thing I do, which is to try to make a dent and to be noticed and to build up a following of people who are like-minded with your tastes, if you're trying to do that and you found yourself this week trying to point and laugh and snicker and hurt and demean me because some people denied a story of mine, you know, it, it, it really says a lot about you because truth be told, I've seen all kinds of stuff get reported that I'd love to run out and debunk. I've seen all kinds of other reporters and scoopers get themselves into really nasty, hairy situations. But what do I do when these things arise? I just button up and I watch from the sidelines because I know I don't know the full story. And I know at the end of the day, it's not my business. I should not be in here trying to make anyone's lives harder than they really are. You know, and and that's why I just, you know, to me that that does hurt, that does get under my skin when I see people whom I consider colleagues, who I in the past have traded notes with, who I look at as we are in this together, even if we write for different sites. To see people like that take such glee from trying to hurt me is just, wow, you are a lowlife. You know, you are, you know, listen, you're going to get whatever's coming to you. It ain't going to come from me because I'm not spiteful. But ultimately, you're going to end up right where you deserve if that's how you treat others. All right. Um, and now I think I'm ready to kind of move on from this. You know, I, I've i said everything I have to say about Army Hammer, about Batman, about the big story. So now what do we do about all that? We sit and we wait because it's gonna take some time for that to officially become revealed one way or the other. If it becomes revealed, great, vindication. If it ends up falling through, I'll survive. Thank you to everyone who supported me one way or the other throughout all of this. And as for the story itself, before we wrap things up, I kinda wanna expand a little bit on things I wrote on Monday, because I find them very interesting. So, something I touched on in the piece is that Robert Pattinson's name is apparently in the mix for the Matt Reeves The Batman film, but it is not for Batman, according to my source. Which you know, and this is actually a separate one from the Army Hammer one. So listen, if you if if you don't want to believe me for now, if you're like the people on Reddit who said there's a moratorium on uh, MFR scoops, listen, you know, then absolutely, don't believe me right now. But if you are one of the people who do, who does believe me. Uh, One of my sources explained that Robert Pattinson seems to be up for a villain role, not for Batman himself. And what I found really interesting throughout all of this is that someone kind of changed everything for me in terms of what I thought Matt Reeves wanted. Because if you recall, you know, we started hearing around November from both John Campia and from myself around November of 2017, that Jake Gyllenhaal was in the running. And that, for me, sort of set the tone where it's like, wow, Just, uh, Justice League hasn't even come out yet. And Reeves is already talking to guys like Jake Gyllenhaal and Jack Houston. I'm like, he must not have ever wanted Ben Affleck to be in the role, you know. And, and, and that sort of shaped the conversation about a lot of these actors we heard. Because there were certain similarities in terms of build and height and Age, I and mean, when you look at Jake Gyllenhaal and Jack Houston and you look at some of the younger people like your, you know, like, like the big Jack O'Connell one that kept popping up, and Richard Madden and Aaron Taylor Johnson, when you look at those actors, you know, you kind of start reading the tea leaves and piecing things together as, oh, so Reeves wants someone who's a very serious actor. And kind of smaller in frame and more like wiry and Caucasian. He wants that rather than big, broad-shouldered, Ben Affleck-style Batman. And that's kind of been the running theory all this time, right? That's what we, we've all sort of been discussing based on these names. A lot of us have been bracing ourselves for a Batman who's like 5'11". You know what I mean? Who's doesn't necessarily look at all like the Ben Affleck archetype. We've been sort of mentally preparing ourselves that. But in hearing that Robert Pattinson may be up for a villain, I start wondering now. Maybe a lot of these names that we've heard, like Jack O'Connell and stuff lately, are fall un, into the same category. What if these are for the villain role? What if they're for someone like the Riddler? What if they're for someone like Hush? What if they're for someone like that? And the reason I think that a, aside from the fact that Hammer Hammer's in the mix, and he's very different than these guys. He really is kind of cut from that Ben Affleck mold, that chiseled, six-foot-five, broad-shouldered, square-jawed guy. When you look at what he is, and you look at what the rest of these people are, I did a little digging, and I was informed that apparently early on in the process... Matt Reeves was very much open to working with Ben Affleck. That he really wanted, that, that was his initial plan when he signed on. He was going to do his own thing. He agreed to do his own thing. He wanted to really kind of like rewind the clock a little bit, close him off, and really have a chance to do his own thing with him. But apparently, according to what I've been told, he did initially want that. So when you hear that, And you hear that he's now leaning towards Army Hammer, that Army Hammer may very well be the next Batman. And then you hear about all of these smaller-framed Caucasian guys, and you hear about the Robert Pattinson rumor that he was really up for a villain, and you start wondering if we've had it wrong this whole time. That this whole time, Matt Reeves, in terms of the types that he's looking for, he did want a Ben Affleck type to be his Dark Knight and he did and he wants this shorter more cerebral hardcore actor type for the villain role it's an interesting thing to consider here it's an interesting thing to think about and it totally kind of flips a lot of our expectations on their head doesn't it it kind of makes you look at all these different names that have floated up and now suddenly these names these little these like Ansel Elgorts and the 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 Taron Egertons who other people have mentioned If you picture them now as an Edward Nigma, or a Hush or someone along those lines, doesn't it make a lot more sense now? So that's why I'm willing to sort of believe that theory. I'm believing that theory now. And for those of you who are going, well, wait a minute, if Reeves wanted Affleck from the beginning, why didn't he just get Affleck then? You know, Affleck didn't drop out until just now. Well, that's another interesting thing that's come up in these last couple of weeks, because ever since Affleck officially announced that he's out as Batman, a lot of reporters, a lot of us have been talking about this story, about how long we've heard about it. It's so great to finally have it confirmed. But then we've also been comparing notes on when exactly was this decision made. And a lot of what's coming up is that this was not a recent decision at all. They only just recently decided to make it official because they're about to announce the new Batman actor. And we could, depending on who you ask, the theory is that when he dropped out, from directing the Batman, he dropped out from everything. That internally, the understanding was he's just gone. So when Re- when Reeves was brought into the picture, he may have very well wanted Affleck, but had already been told he's probably not coming back. And that's why He started looking into the Jake Gyllenhaals of the world and stuff along those lines. He wanted someone who was like around, you know, upper 30s, around 40, who could play a younger-ish version of the Batfleck Batman. But apparently, Reeves did want Affleck. So take that as you will. It's an interesting little bit of chinchia, a little bit of a rumor that I heard and when you you know and when you put that up against the idea that Pattinson and some of these other names might be up for a villain, it suddenly kind of changes the way we look at all this, doesn't it? So folks, let's see what happens. Thank you to everyone who's given me these last, I don't know, what is it, 45 minutes or so to kind of wrap up this big story on Monday. I'm sorry that it didn't necessarily go to the best case scenario. It didn't, you know, I was, my, my best case scenario was I publish it and they go, okay, fine. Here it is, everyone. You know, Army Hammer would go on Twitter and go, yes, yes, yes. But, you know, it didn't go that way. We're going to have to wait. And there's a lot of stuff, no matter any way you slice it, by the way, it's an exciting time to be a Batman fan. Because one way or another, we're going to find out who the next Batman is probably within the next month or two. I've been saying the spring forever. And, you know, even this Army Hammer stuff, if it shakes out, would happen right around the start of April. So we're very close to finding out who our next Dark Knight is going to be. That excites me to no end, whether I'm right or wrong about who it ends up being. So, uh... And I'm going to leave you with one other thing before I go, because uh, why not? I'm going to be... Sorry about that sound. Uh, I'm going to be adding a third show very soon, and it's going to be a different type of animal because, you know, sometimes on this show here, I get a little personal, and sometimes I'll I'll venture off into these little detours where I talk about my, my personal life or I talk about... You know, just different experiences I've had and how they feed into my enjoyment of certain movies or certain films or, you know, things of that nature. And I know for some of yous, you don't really come here for that. You really want to have all your fanboy goodness wrapped up in a nice geeky bow. And for me to talk about nothing but superheroes and movies here. So I'm basically going to be launching a third show, which is going to be nothing but life stuff talking about my views on life philosophies on the world and kind of just getting weird a little bit with me so for those of you who like when i take those ventures into things that are beyond fanboy fare, where i start talking about the world at large and what's going on out there and insights i have about the way my own mind works or the way human nature is if you like when i take those little detours you're going to really enjoy what I'm cooking up for you. It's going to be a once-a-month type thing, not a week. I can't add a whole other show to my weekly slate. But once a month on the Patreon, I'm going to put up as a, as a show. I'll give you the full details when it's ready. But it's going to be at the cheapest level. If you're contributing 5 bucks a month, that's good enough for me. You will get a bonus show that is just me talking about other stuff. All right, just want to put that on your radar. I've actually got some very uh, exciting plans for all that coming up, but we'll get to all that in due time. But I wanted to put that on your radar. I teased it over on the Twitter last Friday, and now I'm kicking it up a notch here and mentioning it on the show. A third Mario Francisco Robles production is coming your way if you're still interested in that sort of thing. But everyone, thank you so much for everything. Until next week... Life is chaos, be kind, adiós.